In today's episode, you know what we're going to talk about. We're going over those Monday Night Football games, the Chiefs and Bills. But the one that I really can't wait to get into is that Cowboy Arizona game. Oh, man. How about them Cowboys? They did it again. We're going to that and more coming up on Sports Talk from the Crib. <laughs> Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Sports Talk from the Crib. I'm your host, Tanner Christian. We had a couple Monday Night Football games there last night, and you know who we're starting with. Those Dallas Cowboys and the Arizona Cardinals. The Arizona Cardinals blew them out. Blew them out there in Dallas, in Jerry's world, by a final score of 38-10. Dallas Cowboys just had no shot at all at any point during this game. You just knew it was going to be bad when Ezekiel Elliott fumbled the ball there on consecutive touches there in the first half. You just knew it was all going to be downhill from there. Zeke Elliott, on back-to-back possessions, fumbled the ball. His fourth on the season. He had five total in his whole career prior to this season. He's almost matched that in the first half of the season here. 2020. Where you at, Zeke? What is going on with this Dallas Cowboy team? You thought I actually thought Andy Dalton would be kind of serviceable, you know, in the lineup. Hey, he's in his hometown. He was always wanting to wear that star on his uniform and his helmet. And he came out there and looked horrible. He looked horrible. The whole entire team looked horrible. Their defense right now is on pace to have the worst historical defense. In NFL history. In NFL history. The entire time it has been tracked. And the entire time the NFL has been around. That's how bad their defense is right now. Maybe they shouldn't have brought Mike Nolan out of retirement. Who had not been a defensive coordinator in years. To come be their defensive coordinator. Maybe they shouldn't have even hired Mike McCarthy as their head coach. Who couldn't coach anybody but Aaron Rodgers. The only reason why he looked good there in Green Bay all those years. And Brett Favre. But man. Talk about another embarrassing loss. For this Dallas Cowboy team. On prime time. Monday night football. Where all eyes are on you. And you'd stink up the joint. Oh my goodness. Look at this here. They are now minus 12 in the turnover margin on the year. They're minus 74 in points off turnovers. They've let they, 74 points down. They're down 12 turnovers to their opponents this year. And they just keep fumbling and keep throwing picks. And he don't finish the game with two picks. He threw the ball 54 times and only had 266 yards to show for it. Zeke finishes the game with 12 carries, 49 yards to go along with those two fumbles lost. So it's not just them. 
their offensive line looks just absolutely gone. At one point, the Dallas Cowboys had the best offensive line in football. And right now, you got people retiring, people hurt, people moving on. And that offensive line that they had just a few years ago is no longer there. That's where they started this run and really looking like they can be a push in the playoffs and perhaps get that Super Bowl title in Big D again. And it has not happened. Now you're in the trenches on offense, the defensive line side of the ball. Now you don't have it. And you just had that. The window has closed on this team. It's not just about the coaching. It's the players. This team, this has dismantled since the start of last season. Injuries, letting people go in free agency, just not capitalizing it. Now they've lost Dak for the year. And this team that was like everybody's favorites, especially with all that offensive firepower they got, is now all of a sudden not looking like much. It does not look like this team can come back from us. But guess what? If you're a Dallas Cowboy fan, you do have some hope. You know why? You are in the worst division in football. You're two and four, and you're still in first place, despite having all of these things go wrong. You look like the worst defense in the history of football. Your offensive line can't block anybody. The running game isn't there anymore. You're playing from 20 points down every game. And yet, you're still on top of the NFC East because the Eagles aren't going anywhere. They even tied. They can't even win a game themselves. They had to finish one of them in a tie. They've only won one game. The Washington football team, who's been a mess, they've already benched Dwayne Haskins, and they don't know what's going on in that franchise either. One game. And the Giants finally won this past week against that Washington football team because when you play each other in division, one of you has got to win. So they got their first win of the season too. But guess what? Cowboys, you're still up. You're still up a game. So that's, I mean, that's some hope for you. But you lost the game when Kyler Murray finished it with 9 of 24, 188 yards and two touchdowns. 10 carries, 74 yards, a touchdown. Kenyon Drake ran all over you for 164 yards and two touchdowns. You lost the game by 28 points from a quarterback who completed nine passes. Just nine. And two of them accounted for 140 yards total. And that 80-yard bomb to Christian Kirk for a touchdown. And then... A 60-yard reception by DeAndre Hopkins during the game. There's two completions for 140 yards. Just two. This is how bad it is. You guys let a quarterback who only completed nine passes beat you. He just ran all over for you. He's just He was just too fast for anybody on that defense anyways. They were toying with him. I mean, 164 yards by Drake. 74 more by Murray. They just ran right down in the throats. They didn't need to pass the ball during this game. But this is something they got to fix. They got to fix it quick. But you may not have to fix it quick because of that, you know, horrible division. 
But we're going to get back into this a little bit later in the show. We're going to jump right now into the Chiefs-Bills game last night. The Chiefs came out on top by a final score of 26-17. to Pat Mahomes was nearly perfect, finishing the game 21 of 26 for 225, two touchdowns. But the most unorthodox thing that the Chiefs did there in Buffalo, very impressive. Remember they signed Le'Veon Bell. He couldn't play in the game. He's doing the little quarantine. They, everybody has to sit out because they just signed him before the weekend. But he's going to be active for the next game. But none of this rookie says something about it there for Kansas City. Clyde Edwards, Hilaire, 26 carries, 161 yards. They had 245 total rushing yards. Now this, you would think, an Andy Reid-led team and that offensive firepower, they love to throw the ball all over the yard. And this game was different. They ran the ball, they ran the ball, and they ran the ball some more. And when they got into like a third and long situation, Pat Mahomes completed the pass, the drive kept going. The Bills could not get their defense off the field. They did a good job there. You may look at this score. The Buffalo Bills, of how poorly they played the entire game, were in it the whole game. <laughs> That's kind of hard to believe when you really look at it. Because the Chiefs ran all the way down. That is the most rushing yards the Chiefs have had since Andy Reid has become their head coach. 245. They controlled the tempo. They controlled the clock. They basically just said, we're running it right down their throats against a pretty good defensive front from Buffalo. They got a pretty damn good defensive front. And the Chiefs just said, run it right down the throat. Maybe the rookie little wanted to go out there and prove himself, hey, this is my team. I'm the number one running back. Just because you signed Le'Veon Bell, it doesn't mean I'm handing up my job. But man, can you imagine the firepower now? With Le'Veon Bell, if he could just be somewhat of a compliment, he doesn't have to be like the bell cow there in Pittsburgh, obviously. Kansas City has too many weapons. Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, Miko Hardman, the rookie here, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, and of course, Pat Mahomes. Sammy Watkins going to be coming back too. And now you're adding Le'Veon Bell? What are you going to do? You can't stack the box. Those guys are going to beat you, and man, one-on-one, good luck guarding those guys. It's just a very, very impressive win. They're proving that they, hey, if they have to run the ball, they can do it. And against, at Buffalo, Josh Allen's been struggling. Last two games. He finished this game 14 of 27, 122 yards, two touchdowns and a pick. He led the team in rushing there with 42 yards. Singletary couldn't really find any holes for him. But Josh Allen, who everybody was hyping up, including myself, I said I like the way he's playing so far this year. That 4-0, he was in the MVP talks. Now the last two couple games, you know, he's been slipping. He didn't play very well. Made a couple bad reads. They just could never move the ball. But somehow they were in the game till the end. They, they gave him chance after chance after chance, and they just couldn't do it. So now the Bills fall to 4-2. and two. They still lead the AFC East in the standings, even though they lost the last couple games. The Dolphins have won the last two games. The Pats have lost. The Dolphins are at 3-3. Three and three. Pats, 2-3. and three. Jets, of course, we don't really need to mention anything about them. They got Adam Gase as their head coach. They're 0-6. 
It's a given when Adam Gase is your head coach. So now the Bills have slipped. And this would have been a huge win for this team at home versus Kansas City to beat Pat Mahomes, really take control of the division, say it's yours, and it's no longer New England's. And they didn't do it. On Monday Night Football, a primetime game, those are the games you got to win. Those are the games you have to win to say, hey, we're for real, we're in this, we're going for the division, we're going to take it over, and they didn't do it. And they didn't do it. So now, you're still leading the AFC East? You still go it? And my goodness, <laughs> we got breaking news in the middle of this. This is for real. Breaking news has popped up as recording the show. Miami Dolphins now have, oh my God, they named Tua their starting quarterback for the November 1st game against the Los Angeles Rams. So it is now officially Tua time in Miami. Oh my goodness. He's going to get a shot. <laughs> Tua time in Miami. Breaking news right here. I like when I get breaking news in the middle of recording. This is awesome. Tua Tagovailoa is the starting quarterback for the Miami Dolphins. They have a bye this week. They have announced he will be their November 1st starter coming off the bye against the Los Angeles Rams. Wow. He got action last week. Remember that final drive? He had two for two, nine yards. Got some, a couple reps at least back there. Oh my, it's two a time Miami. Now look at this. Could they have done it? Is he really ready? Um, Brian Flores would not put him out there if he wasn't. Because I trust Brian Flores. But my goodness. This for everybody who thought he was going to sit the entire season like a Pat Mahomes did there in KC. Miami's probably seeing this now as, look, the Bills just lost two. The Pats just lost two in a row. The Jets are hopeless. Maybe we are the ones that got to go get this division. And trust me, Brian Flores is saying, I know we can win the games with Fitz. But if you're looking for those explosive plays... I think Tua is the answer, and that's probably what they're thinking right now. Because Fitz has his moments. He's been great these last two games. He's he's played phenomenal against the Jets and the Niners. But you know how he's streaky. He'll put together two, three, four great games and have a two, three duds. It's been that way throughout his whole career. Now, Tua's getting time. That hit must be... 100% healed. They put him out there to get some action. And this must have been the plan all along. After the bye week, let him get some reps. Let him get some, uh, you know, practice in. Learn the playbook for the first half of the year. And after the bye, we're going to put him in there. Ooh, I'm excited. As a Dolphin fan, I'm excited. I was scared when they picked him. I knew they were going to pick him. Maybe them are Justin Herbert. That was a big discussion. And I was leaning towards Justin Herbert because of the injury concern. I was scared about picking Tua. But the Dolphins decided Tua. I really hope it pans out for this kid. I really hope it pans out for this franchise who hasn't had a quarterback in over 20 years 
to take control of this franchise and win games week in and week out. Oh my goodness, it is time. Two a time. They're a game back in the East. They're a game back in the AFC East. They're going into the bye at 500. This is it. They're putting it in there. They're saying it is time, and time is now. My goodness, Tua, I wish you all the best. I'm excited. I tell you what, I'm excited. I really hope this pans out. As a lifelong Miami Dolphin fan that has suffered year after year after year after year, I really hope this pans out. I really hope, I mean, this seeing the kid out there, on the field after the game, sitting there soaking it all in, he's in it. This kid, like he has a great mind, and he loves the game. I wish him all the best. Oh my goodness, I can't wait. I can't wait. Now the other side of this, your very first game is going up against Aaron Donald. I don't know if that's the guy I want to, you know, be going against my first ever game and first snap. But that's what it's going to be. You're going to have one of the fearless defensive tackles in the game coming at you. And he, Aaron Donald is going to want to get that first career sack on Tua. So that offensive line there in Miami, better become prepared for that defensive front of the Rams. Especially Aaron Donald, because I wouldn't want to mess with that guy. They better double him, triple team him. You know he's going to want that sack. So I hope that happens. But anyways, congrats, Tua. Breaking news here. Tua named the starting quarterback for the Miami Dolphins. Okay, we're going to jump back into this Cowboys conversation here. And ask the question, is Mike McCarthy the right coach for the Dallas Cowboys. Was he the right pick to coach this team right now? And the answer so far has been no. There's been no improvement. They've gotten worse. They got rid of some of that coaching staff there. They kept, you know, Kellen Moore and some other people there. But is Mike McCarthy the answer there in Dallas? No, he is not. Mike Nolan definitely isn't the answer there on defensive coordinator. I mean, if you come back... Now, they didn't have an offseason. You got a new coaching staff, no offseason this year. So I can understand where it could be a little bit rough. But not this damn rough. You guys are professional players. You got professional coaches. It shouldn't take this damn long to get something right on either side of the ball. Mike McCarthy is the offensive guy. Why is your offensive line one of the worst in the league all of a sudden? Why can't Zeke run the ball? Why is this such a turnover-happy team? They turn the ball over every time they know you think something good is going to happen. Especially Zeke. He's having one of the worst years. I guess that money really isn't paying out. The money really isn't panning out that they gave Zeke Elliott. Because ever since he signed that contract, they've been all downhill. They gave Amari Cooper all that money. So should Mike McCarthy get all the blame? No. Jerry Jones deserves some of the blame. Zeke deserves some of the blame. Players on this team deserve some of the blame. 
But I tell you what, one thing you have to do, you have to at least get Mike Nolan up out of there being defensive coordinator. No way. I can't have you on my team if you're going to, and on my staff, if you're going to possibly let up the most defensive points and yardage and historical stats in NFL history. So that's one guy that at least needs to go. Mike McCarthy is, you know, that head coach, not a big fiery guy. It's the perfect guy for Jerry Jones because, you know, he's not going to take up the whole entire spotlight. He's going to say a little bit of the right things. Come on, do the conferences here and there. But Jerry Jones is going to be the one in front of the cameras. And that's what Jerry Jones likes. But guess what, Jerry? Mike McCarthy is another puppet that you wanted in there to make a difference for your football team. You finally got rid of your buddy Jason Garrett. And not one damn thing has changed about your football team. Well, I guess there is one. You've gotten worse. You've gotten worse. So, what are you going to do now, Jerry? They're going to hope and pray that somehow you leap into the playoffs on like a 6-10 and 10 record? Because that's what it looks like in this sorry division you're in. You may actually limp into the playoffs. Like last year. You may limp down in there. But is that successful? Is that being successful? Do you want to see this team in there? No. Do you want to see any part of Dallas Cowboys? No. Are they embarrassing to watch? Yes. I mean, their defense looks like a little JV team out there playing against the big boys of varsity, and they can't do anything. They can't cover. They can't sack the quarterback. They just can't tackle. They can't even do anything. A lot of that has to do with coaching them up, too. So Mike McCarthy, yeah, you do get some of the blame. Everybody gets a little bit of blame. But especially you, Mike McCarthy, and Jerry Jones, that's just how it is. This team is underperforming. Yes, they do have injuries, but Mike McCarthy probably shouldn't last after this year. It'd be a first there for Jerry, but Mike McCarthy is not the answer there in Big D. No way. And now Dak, look how badly this team performed without him. Look how badly the Dallas Cowboys performed as a group without Dak. That just goes to show that Dak was covering up a lot of stuff by using his escapability, getting out of the pocket, trying to you know prolong the play, get some a little bit more time to throw the ball. His offensive line, like I said, it's not doing very good. So any dog can't move like Dak, and this is going to be a problem going forward. All right, everybody, that's going to do it for today's episode one. Thank you all for joining me here on Sports Talk from the Crib with your favorite sports host, Tanner Christian. Be sure to subscribe to your favorite format. Remember, it is available on all streaming platforms, including Amazon Music, Spotify, Google, you know, you name it, Apple Podcasts. It is on there. So be sure to subscribe to your favorite streaming platform. And be sure to check out the official website there at feeleheatentertainment.com. That's feeleheatent.com. We'll list all the episodes there for you. If you missed one, you be sure to check it out. Check it out there on the website there as well. All up. Um, news, sporting news, whatever you guys need is on there. You can check out all the blog posts we write. And also the official Instagram there at Feel the Heat Entertainment. That's feeleheatent.com. 
We hope you all have a great day. Again, thank you all for joining me. I appreciate the love. See you all next time. Peace out. Thank you.